0: As a scientist, I support other scientists and the science is showing that a regular practice of gratitude, whether it's just a verbal thanks to people who have done something or even just mulling it over in your mind, can be a powerful thing that changes our lives and makes us happier and healthier.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Bianca Schultz from the Children's Book Review, and this is the Growing Readers Podcast. In this episode, I talk with Elaine Vickers about her tender picture book, Thankful. Elaine is the author of the middle grade novels, Like Magic and Paper Chains, which have received starred reviews, Whitney Award nominations, Mighty Girls Book of the Year picks, PJ Library licenses, and sold translations in four languages. She is also the author of the YA novel, Fade Away. In her non-writing life, Elaine teaches college chemistry and she lives with her family in Utah. I can't wait to share this heart-filling conversation, but first, here's the synopsis for Thankful. Stunning diorama illustrations bring to life this lullaby of a picture book about celebrating everyday things that make life wonderful. I am thankful for a home where I am safe and warm. Thankful for parents who read me stories and comb my hair gently, gently, who whisper the same poem every night when they tuck me in. When the first snow falls, a little girl writes down the things she's thankful for on strips of paper and links them together. As one idea leads to another, her chain grows longer. There's so much good in her life. A friend. Things that are warm. Things that are cold. Color. Things that can be fixed. This beautiful story is a much needed reminder to observe and honor life's small joys. Hello, Elaine. I am so grateful to be able to talk to you today about your picture book, Thankful. I just believe that the mindful act of practicing gratitude is so beneficial to all of us. And so I'm thrilled that your book, so beautifully demonstrates the art of being thankful
0: oh i am so grateful or i should say thankful to be here talking about thankful and and i think you're absolutely right my day job is actually that i am a scientist and as a scientist i support other scientists and the science is showing that a regular practice of gratitude whether it's just a verbal thanks to people who have done something or even just mulling it over in your mind um, can be a powerful thing that changes our lives and makes us happier and healthier. And of course, that is a big part of what thankful is about is that one way that classes and families and other groups can practice gratitude and can take a minute and stop to think of all the things that they're thankful for.
1: So before we like talk more about your book, I think we need to give a special nod to your middle grade novel Paper Chains for inspiring it. So I'm hoping before we talk about Thankful, which is a picture book that you could just share a little bit with our readers about Paper Chains, which I'm going to say we picked as a best book back in 2017 on the Children's Book Review. Anyway, so share a little bit about Paper Chains and how it led you to write this picture book, Thankful.
0: I remember that. And thank you so much for for your support of Paper Chains back when it came out. Um, I'm gonna take one step actually further back. My first book was called Like Magic, and it's about three girls who are feeling kind of lost and alone for different reasons and the ways that art kind of connects them. And one of the girls is feeling kind of lost and alone because her best friend has just moved away. And the best friend who has just moved away is Katie, the main character in Paper Chains. So I seem to always write books that are sort of connected to each other in one way or another. But yeah, Paper Chains is about Katie and the new best friend that she makes when she moves to Boston. And one of the things that Katie's family does is that every year when the first snow falls, they make Thankful Chains, which are something I... I may have picked up somewhere throughout my life, or I may have have created them from my imagination, but what her family does, their tradition is that when the first snow falls, they write down all the things they're thankful for on um, strips of paper, and then they turn them into paper chains. And every night they gather as a family and they each take a link off their chains and read the things that they're thankful for and are reminded of of all that they have to be grateful for in their lives. And when I wrote this book and turned it into my brilliant editor for these novels, um, Amelia Rhodes. She said, what a great idea and what a fun tradition. Do you do this with your own children? And I had never, the thought had never crossed my mind to do this with my three actual children that live in my house. Um, But of course, after that, I thought, well, yeah, we should do this as a family. So beginning that year at Thanksgiving, we gathered the kids and some of their cousins and they They did this in real life and wrote down the things that they were thankful for. And it was so fun and rewarding. And the things, some of the things they wrote, I absolutely expected. Um, And other things just really blew me away. Some were sort of random and funny, and others were just really, really thoughtful and unique Um, and it was so fun to see where their little minds went with this and we've we've done it I'll be honest we've missed a few years (laughs) but we've done it as a tradition in our family since then and it's been so fun like I said to to see what the kids come up with.
1: Can you like recall off the top of your head what was one of the more sort of unexpected things they were
0: thankful for? (laughs) For some reason, it's the random ones that are coming to me. They will have like very specific food items that they're thankful for, but some of them were meaningful memories. I'm thankful for the time we laid on the grass and looked at the stars, like that kind of a thing that had happened months ago that I wouldn't have even thought that they would necessarily remember.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. Okay, sorry, I totally cut you off. So, as you were. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I love that. Um, yeah, so we we were doing this with our family and it was and it was kind of surprising and meaningful and it was a little bit meditative for them as they did it and I think it did do what I mentioned earlier. I think it did serve to to help them practice gratitude, which of course makes us happier and healthier. I found that just like like magic connected to paper chains, I found that maybe I I needed another book that connected to to this one. And, and I thought I had been trying to write picture books, actually. My first picture book I ever wrote was in fifth grade. It was a counting book. And I illustrated it myself. And that was the first time I ever thought like, maybe I would like to be an author. And then I forgot about that dream for a while. And then I Picked it back up later when I when I had kids of my own and was reading a lot of picture books with them. So I actually started out not with middle grade novels, but thinking maybe I'll be a picture book writer. And I picture books are hard. <laughs> you have to tell the whole story and have character development, and and everything has to be encapsulated in about five hundred words or less. And I wrestled with that for a while. Um, and it was my middle grade novels that were published first, but I, I never gave up on picture books. And when I wasn't quite done with this idea of these thankful chains, I thought maybe there's a picture book in there. And so I thought back to some of the things my kids had written and some of the things that I've been thankful for in my life. And I turned it into what is now thankful, um, my debut picture book like Woohoo! 10 years yeah like 10 years after i start started kind of seriously wanting to write picture books here it is and it and it really is just i can't overstate how thankful i am for the way that it all turned out it landed with the perfect editor at the perfect imprint of the perfect publisher for this book and then I feel like the very most perfect part of this book is the illustrations. They are incredible. And when I first heard that the illustrator was going to be a 3D illustrator, I should have known what that meant. But in my mind, I thought, does that mean that's going to be a pop-up book? And of course, that isn't what it means at all. Um, In this case, it means that Samantha Cotterell, um, who is just brilliant, and you should buy all of her books. She's incredible. Um, But she created... Every scene, and she she makes every detail, you'll notice even the end papers are gorgeous. She built hundreds of tiny books for this one scene, um, and with tweezers linked all of the tiny, tiny paper chains together. Um, She builds it, she lights it, she draws the characters, and then she takes a picture, and that 3D set becomes the illustration for each page of Thankful. So that that's kind of the story of the origins of the book and how this book came from Paper Chains, um, which incidentally takes place between Thanksgiving and New Year's. So it's the perfect book to read this time of year and to pair with Thankful, but then also how Paper Chains then connects back to like magic, which is kind of fun.
1: I was definitely going to talk about the illustrations, but I was going to talk about all your amazing words first, but since you are gushing on Samantha's artwork, and I hope I pronounced this correctly, Samantha Cotterell. Yeah. So Samantha Cotterell's work is incredible. And I love the little teeny tiny notes uh, in the beginning of the book. And it says each spread is hand built three dimensional sets photographed with a digital SLR. And there's just so much detail, like you said, in every single piece. She's cut out little books and built bookshelves. And anyway, it's amazing. And then the, just the expressions that the characters have as well are, are incredible. So I am w- 100% with you. The artwork is outstanding.
0: Yes, absolutely. And she one another thing that I want to make sure to talk about is the fact that she makes all of this with stuff that both of us and our and your listeners and kids and most importantly probably have around the house. There's a really adorable car in the book that I know is made out of a cereal box. Um, she uses the crayons that she has left over from when her kids were younger. Um, there's a spread there's where kids are riding their bikes, and she very deliberately left an exposed edge of cardboard in that spread. And she, I've heard her say that she does this on purpose, of course, so that kids will look at the art and they will think to themselves, I bet I could do something like that, which I think is so phenomenal. She is just Absolutely. A dream to work with. The car is one of my favorite pieces. When I first read this book with my daughter, Lucy, who is 10, she said, I just want to climb in there and live there. Wow. <laughs> I really? I feel that too. It's just this really magical world that she's created. I asked her once, what is the weirdest thing you've used in the illustrations? <laughs> and I guess the doorknobs are made out of gum. She didn't have any clay at the time. So she just <laughs> chewed some gum and made it into a doorknob. That's but amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it is all just kind of regular things that that you would have around your house. And then she turns it into these incredible pieces. I will say one one of my favorite set pieces that she has in the book, I love the characters, but one of my favorite um, set pieces is the house. And you never actually see, if you go on Sam's website, I think there's a picture of the full house. There isn't a picture of the, the entire house in the book, but you can see glimpses of it. And- in the original sketches for the book, you saw the, the whole house. And one of the things that I talk about when I visit schools is the fact that when I was growing up, my grandma lived about a block away from my elementary school. And every day after school, I got to walk to her house and she was sort of a magical person in my life in that she would have an after-school snack for me, but she would sometimes make a treasure hunt. So I had to follow the clues to find the after-school snack. She was really, really remarkable. So this was kind of a magical place in my childhood. And I'm from Southern Utah. Sam is from upstate New York. We've still never met in person. And somehow the house in the book, and I'll get a little bit emotional when I say this, is almost exactly my grandmother's house. And when I first saw that, I just, I really did get emotional. It took my breath away. This book feels... So magical to me in so many ways uh, because of Sam's art, and that and that's kind of one that's especially special to me.
1: Oh, well, honestly, I'm going to say between the words and the artwork that "Thankful" is so stunning, and it it gives me all the feelings that you could hope that one book could give you. And I don't even have that magical personal connection that you have. But I, when I finished reading it for the first time, and as I said at the beginning, it's so important to practice gratitude. And so I, I did, I had that full body kind of feeling. I felt happy and it was, it's poignant too. So I I think it's beautiful. And I'm curious if there was one impact that you hope that this book would have on readers, what would that be?
0: Yeah. Let me give you one that I, that I hoped for and one that I didn't necessarily envision. That's been really wonderful to hear. So I think my my hope was that this would be something that caught on. <laughs> Sam is really funny and says we are going to replace Elf on a Shelf as like the, the the tradition, the thing every family does. I think that's a great vision. It's a lot less creepy, I think, to make a thankful chain than to have an elf watching your every move. But- I'm with you. <laughs> So I hoped that it would be something that would catch on, but not for any personal gain necessarily, but I think I think it can be a really powerful way to, to kind of look at all that we have to be thankful for. And a fun thing, like my kids had a blast doing this with their cousins. So I think it can be a fun and meaningful thing for families and classes to do together. The unintended and really, to me, remarkable thing that this book has done for some readers that have come back to me is I've had... A couple of readers already who have reached out and said, I just went through something fairly traumatic in my life. And I found myself reading this book over and over again and reminding myself that I do have things to be thankful for, that it will be okay. There is a, a page in sort of toward the middle of the book that said, says, I am thankful for a heart that beats and every breath in and out, in and out and i think it's something that i'm going to that maybe i will come back to in when i encounter those moments in my life if, i think if you compare it back to things are really hard right now but i have these are the things that i do have um, i think that can be really powerful and it was and was something i that wasn't at the front of my mind or even on my mind when i wrote the text but i'm i'm grateful that it's that it's impacting readers in that way
1: you know that that actually leads me well it is a book that i think is great for all ages. And I love that you've had these adult readers themselves come to you and tell you how it's helped them in a hard, in a hard time. But I love that the opening lines of this book actually identify that sometimes it can be hard to think of all the things we have in our lives to be thankful for. Sometimes it's just because we're so busy to just stop and practice and think, okay, what am I thankful for? It can seem trivial, but then how do you get beyond that, but also what you said, if you're going through a particularly hard time and for the analogy, you're in the dark tunnel, like how do you see that light at the end? How Do you see the things that you're thankful for? So, well, one thing I want to say is a book like this is perfect for helping you see the things that we can be thankful for. But I'm curious because you did identify at the very beginning in the text that it can be hard to think of all the things to be thankful for. What was the experience that you had coming up with all of the beautiful things that
0: are included in this book? Oh, I love that question. Yeah, I did. I did try to do some of it based on. Um, what my own kids had said. And I love that you that you brought to our attention the fact that um, it is hard sometimes to be to think of the things that we're thankful for. I noticed that with my own kids when we did it. All of the kids, my kids and their cousins, cranked out about 10 things really quickly. And then when it got away from that, the rote things that we always say we're thankful for, it got harder. And I think there's a lot of value in that, like really making yourself think of all the things that you're thankful for.
1: I'm sure to start with, you had a certain list of things you knew you were going to include, but to make the picture book just right and to have unique things
0: to be grateful for, what was that experience like for you coming up with this full rounded list? I did just open up an empty Word document And I just let, I just made a list as long as I could, knowing that I'll come back and make it better. I'll curate this list later. Just everything I could think of. um, I did crowdsource it a little bit. I put a post out on Facebook and um, Instagram and just asked people about the simple things that they are thankful for. And I didn't, well, I didn't end up using anybody's directly directly. That was also fascinating to see Um, the adults in my life. And a lot of them asked the kids in their lives as well. What are you thankful for that maybe would be simple, but unexpected. And those were really, really great answers. And so I added those to the list and then, and then it came back to that sort of curation revision stage where I had a really, really long list and and then to form it into a, cohes- a cohesive story. I wanted it to be centered around one character. Um, I wanted it to be a character who was doing this in a family setting, even though I certainly hoped that there would be classroom applications for this. And I also wanted the line after the one we just read, it's hard to be, to think of all the things to be thankful for in a whole year. I wanted the the text to sort of take us both from the child's room out into the wider world and then back to the child's room, but also to take us from this moment when the first snow is falling and winter is beginning all throughout the year. So it was a little bit of a challenge to find the right things um, from the list. And a lot of them changed even in that stage to meet both of those goals and to do it in a way that I really wanted this book to be accessible for all kids and not to say the things that super privileged kids perhaps have Uh to be thankful for, uh, but to really focus on the, the things that that so many of us have to be thankful for. I mean there are the kids in the story, the kid in the story does have a bike. I mean there are certain elements that I that I thought were perhaps universal enough that that we could include them. Um, that was part of the goal and that was the process just create a giant list, sort of imagine the framework that I want my items to fit, fit in and then sort of weave them all together around that framework. It's beautiful. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: So there's a poem that begins and ends "thankful."
0: Would you be willing to share that poem? Yes, yes, and the story behind the poem. I'm very, very glad you asked that. The dedication for "thankful," Sam's dedication is for you, and I and she's you know expressed that. This is for all the readers and, and her gratitude for you, for for everybody who reads the book. Um, my dedication is for mom and dad, whatever tomorrow brings, I love you. And that is a direct tie to this poem that you mentioned. And I'll, maybe I'll read some of that page, but every night I... I had this magical grandma that I mentioned. I also had incredible supportive parents and they would tuck me in every night. And I think my dad start, started it perhaps, but they both ended up adopting this little phrase that they would say every night when they tucked me in, which was good night, sweet dreams, see you in the morning. I love you. And that was a big part of my childhood. And I would just, I think that that tiny ritual made me feel so safe and loved every night. Um, So I wanted to incorporate that. I wanted this to be a very, very cozy book with that you are safe and safe and loved kind of a feeling. I brought a version of that in here. So... I'm thankful for parents who read me stories and brush my hair gently, gently, who whisper the same poem every night when they tuck me in. So here's the poem and it, you'll notice it's not exactly what my parents said, but it's certainly inspired by that. Good night, dream sweet things. Let them carry you on their wings and whatever tomorrow brings, I love you. Hmm. I love that. Thank you. That's, that's one of my favorite parts.
1: <laughs> it's something that your parents did to you and then you've elaborated on this poem and I know you have three kids so do your three kids like you to read this poem to them now my
0: youngest does very much my older two are 16 and 14 so not so much right so so I still do go in and and say goodnight to them but sometimes they're still wrapping on homework or whatever so we do have maintained the ritual of we're gonna have just a little moment together every night but yeah they're not as enthusiastic (laughs) about the poem itself Uh, so you have one young adult novel
1: yes two middle grade novels well your young adult novel is forthcoming is that correct it came out in March oh my goodness it's amazing Yes, so it was very exciting. I'm so curious because I was reading that you had a young adult novel and then you've obviously got the two middle grade novels. And then we t- we were talking about the picture book. And so tell us about your young adult novel. But I really want to know just in general, what drives you to create books for kids and teens?
0: Yes, Yes, absolutely. So the young adult novel is called Fade Away. And um, we made a decision. That one is with a different editor at a different house. And we made the decision pretty early on that it is different enough from my other books that we wanted to publish it under E.B. Vickers. Those are my initials rather than Elaine Vickers, just so readers wouldn't pick up the sweet, charming middle grade and then go immediately to kind of a darker, grittier young adult novel that has some hard things in it. It is a novel that's about student athletes and addiction and deals with some really challenging sort of heartbreaking situations. So, we wanted a little bit of differentiation there and it was, <laughs> I will also say that they the books came out about within 6 months of each other and it has been an adventure <laughs> to promote both the dark gritty young adult suspense and and the you know really heartfelt uplifting thankful. And I mentioned earlier the 3 books published under elaine vickers that are very much tied to each other um so yeah i think that's a great question what is the connection between "Fade Away," um, this young adult novel and the other books that i've written and that was actually something that i <laughs> that as i was revisiting my website i needed to think about like what is the thing that um that ties all of these books together. And I th- <laughs> and my web designer actually forced me to sort of have that conversation with myself and reflect on that. And here's the sentence we came up with for the website. Elaine or E.B. Vickers is an award-winning author of picture books, middle grade, and young adult novels. And here we go, that aim to help readers of all ages find connection and belonging. I think that is that is sort of an underlying reason for everything I write. Um, it breaks my heart to think of kids feeling isolated, to think of kids feeling like they are not enough and they are not okay, um, just as they are. And so I think that is a big part of why I do what I do and and sort of what I'm hoping readers will take from everything I write, whether it's the, the happy, cheerful <laughs> picture book all the way to the to the darker young adult, young adult books.
1: Well, so besides being an author, you also, as you mentioned before, you wear the hat of a scientist, a teacher... <laughs> And you're a mom. So talk about you talk about wearing all the different hats and maybe what it's like to wear more than one hat at a time.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, there are there are seasons where it feels really like a lot. And to be honest, if things hadn't developed in the way that they had developed, I don't know that I would have that I would have thought or I would have believed that that I could do all those things. The about the author parts of of my middle grade novels, the section on the jacket says she always wanted to be a writer and a teacher, except when she wanted to be an architect, an artist, a pediatrician, a judge, or a famous actress. That is how I felt at the time. It wasn't that I wanted to be all of those things sequentially necessarily, but I wanted to be all of those things all the time. And as I grew up, I feel like I sort of got the idea that, no, you just have to choose one. Um, you have to choose the one thing that you want to be when you grow up. And and so I, I did narrow it down at one point to, I, I'm going to be a chemist. I'm going to be a scientist. And then through some really great mentors and friends and family members, I was able to let go of the idea that I needed to choose one thing. And so it did just kind of develop that um, I always knew I wanted to be a mom. I actually defended my dissertation eight months pregnant with my first Kid, so I always knew that that those two things were going to be in there. But then, yeah, just little by little, things sort sort of started to add themselves organically to the mix. Of course, once I became a scientist, I I did want to be a teacher, so that, so that kind of came in there. And then I was so excited about the books that my kids were reading that I started to think, well, maybe I would like to try writing books. And then my position at the university has sort of evolved into an administrative role a little bit too. And I part of what I get. To could do is to help bring STEM, science, technology, engineering, math, um, STEM education to kids in rural Utah that maybe don't have as much access to that. So it is wearing kind of a lot of different hats on any given day. And I really can't imagine any other way. I mean, there are days when it's a little bit much and I may scale back on certain aspects of things moving forward but i do feel so fortunate that that i was able to move on from that mindset you know thanks to the people i mentioned of having to choose one thing that i wanted to be and to be able to do all of these things that i really really love and can to connect with people in all of these different ways it's a very very lucky life that i lead and i'm lucky to have the support that i have sometimes i get the question of how do you do all of these things and the answer is that i have My parents are in town. My husband's parents are in town. He is wonderful. My kids are great. I have awesome colleagues at the university and teaching assistants. And the reason I can do the things that I do is because I have so much help and I am so, so grateful for all of them.
1: I love that you just managed to weave in the aspect of gratitude in there too. It's so fitting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes that's an intentional but yeah i feel it
1: (laughs) that's yeah that's amazing i know i mean i feel like just being a a mom a parent is is enough right you know raising raising humans and so i just want to personally thank you for writing a book such as thankful and i wonder too if all of these different hats that you wear that is what enables you to be able to write from such a special place because you've had different experiences and anyway i I love I love that message, too, that you don't have to just be one thing. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I've I've heard it phrased, and I wish I could cite a source here, but I've heard it phrased as rather than asking kids um, what they want to be when they grow up, let's start asking them who they want to be when they grow up and help them build a life that supports that full human of all the different aspects of who they want to be. Yeah, really like And I wish I could remember who I got it from.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, if you think about it, we can add okay. it into the show notes. If not, somebody else could message us. If you know who said that, Yes, please. let us know. <laughs> All right. So here's my question that I like to ask everybody. They yeah. say to be a, a writer, you need to be a reader first. So was there a pivotal moment for you in which you considered yourself a reader?
0: Oh, I love that question. I don't know whether there's a moment that I remember, but I absolutely know the book or the series that did it. And it was the Ramona books by Beverly Cleary. I remember just reading those books and I wouldn't have used these words for it necessarily then, but I just felt so seen. Here is a kid who messes up and her family loves her anyway. Here is a kid who is the younger sister and sometimes feels like she's in the shadow. Here is a kid who is having just these really real experiences. You know, she's she's not sure about her Halloween costume and she's not sure she her teacher likes her all the time. And just everything about that pulled me in and made me feel so seen and felt so real to me. And I tore through those books and then I read them again and again and again. And it's been really fun. Um, the last couple of years, actually, I mentioned my youngest daughter. We've been reading the Ramona books. Overall, besides some some small things throughout, I just feel like they resonate so well. And they, and even those little bits, um, to read that with my daughter and to talk about how times have changed and how maybe a better way to think about those small things. Um, so it's, it's been so fun and rewarding to read those with her and to have her begging to read the next one too, and to have those same books shaping her as a reader now, it's just really kind of wonderful. Uh,
1: and the way you just described th- how the Ramona books were for you as a kid and how they are for you now reading with your family, I just want to say that your books are doing that for people now. And I think that's so magical. And so I really do believe that to be a writer, you have to be a reader first because what you said is what your books are
0: doing. So oh, I appreciate that so much. Wow. Thank you. So I
1: would just like to say, that I am 100% convinced that thankful will inspire plenty of families and classrooms to start a new tradition or even a version of their own. So in, in your book, it's the paper chain, but there's so many, I mean, Pinterest is amazing, but you could take, this book thankful and pair it with your, a- any kind of activity just encourages kids to be, to be grateful. And, you know, for those kids that maybe are struggling, like, I don't know what to write. What am I thankful for? It's totally fine for them to take one of the ideas from your book and then and then it'll blossom you know they'll start to be like oh that's right I can be thankful for something as simple as the snow falling anyway it's beautiful so I cannot wait for families and classrooms to just embrace your book
0: (laughs) oh I love that and I love what you said there are so many different ways of course making the, the paper chains is one of them. Um, I did my first school visit last week since the pandemic started, my first in-person rather than Zoom school visit. And right before I went to get a snack so that I would have lots of energy and the, the little cafe had on their counter, they had a turkey on the wall and they were asking all of the customers to write something they're thankful for on a feather for the turkey. <laughs> that's, that's just perfect. There's so many ways to make this work. And since you mentioned the idea of different activities to do with families. I will just give the little plug that there are free printable activity guides on my website and on Sam's website as well. So, SamanthaCotterill.com and ElaineVickers.com. And they're adorable. The, Sam brought her 3D art to the printable activity guides. And there are lots of fun, even math activities and art activities for kids to do related to the book. So so check those out and print those out. They are, they're adorable. Oh, that's
1: great. That's great to know. I'll, I'll put the links to those in the show notes too. So if anybody's listening, you can look at the show notes and, and find the direct links to both Elaine and Samantha's website. So you can check those out. Is there anything else that you think we need to know about your book or, you know, just
0: the art of practicing gratitude? Well, in the in the vein of practicing gratitude, I do just want to give a shout out to everyone who has just embraced and supported this book so beautifully already, including you. I'm so grateful to be having this conversation here today. Um, I just got word from my editor today that they are doing a rush reprint of Thankful because they're almost gone from the warehouse. So so huge thanks to everyone who has already supported this book. It's just really been an over <laughs> overwhelming experience to see people just embrace it so fully and to get that message of gratitude out into the world. And I am so, so thankful for it. So
1: thank you. Thank you, Elaine. We are so
0: grateful for both you and your book. Oh, my pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you. (laughs) Wonderful conversation and questions. I appreciate it so much.
1: Thank you so much for joining us on this quest for growing readers. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Chromecast, or anywhere else you like to listen. Subscribe to the show to get new episodes as soon as they launch. If you're enjoying our book chats, please leave us a review. And while you're at it, tell a friend to come and have a listen. The Growing Readers Podcast is a production of The Children's Book Review. To discover more fantastic books for kids, just like Elaine Vickers and Samantha Cotterell's Thankful. I hope you'll visit us at thechildrensbookreview.com.